The most important person on earth is a mother. She cannot claim the honor of having built Notre Dame Cathedral. She need not. She has built something more magnificent than any cathedral, a dwelling for an immortal soul, the tiny perfection of her baby's body. The angels have not been blessed with such a grace. They cannot share in God's creative miracle to bring new saints to heaven. Only a human mother can. Joseph Cardinal Mindsenti. My name is Jessamine Anderson Frain, and you're listening to Becoming Beauty. Our hearts were made for the infinite, so the ache we feel for more than this earthly life should drive us forward. But to where? And how do we get there? In this podcast, we're exploring what it practically and tangibly means, as C.S. Lewis says, to be united with the beauty we see and become part of it. This requires our entire being, body and soul. So we'll need both to journey well. Let us begin. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Becoming Beauty. Buckle your seatbelts, friends, because this week's topic is one I've been itching to talk about. (laughs) A topic I've become so passionate about that my talking about it prompted numerous friends to say, you should start a podcast. (laughs) That topic is birth. Now, I know that most of my audience is female, but if you're a guy, especially a young married man whose wife is in her childbearing years... I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, I encourage you to stick around because what I'm going to share may be the encouragement your wife needs. And you might also need to hear some of what I'm going to say. And if you're in your pre-baby years or even your post-baby years, you may gain some insights today that you are either called to share with others or tuck away for yourself a few years from now. I think we've reserved conversations for about birth for pregnant women. And that in and of itself is part of the problem I see with the pregnancy, birth, postpartum world, for lack of a better word. Sadly, it seems like we talk about abortion more than we talk about birth. Shows our priorities, doesn't it? And because we're not talking about birth until it's imminent and arriving quickly, women scramble to make a birth plan while lacking a lot of knowledge and support that, frankly, they deserve and are worthy of. Why aren't we talking about birth with children? Probably because we've been conditioned to believe it's gruesome and scary and inappropriate for kids. Conditioned is the key word there. I'm going to insert a little side story here. I follow a few birth and midwifery accounts on Instagram, and Guinevere saw me watching a birth video several weeks ago. She kind of popped over my shoulder unexpectedly, and and she watched it, and I didn't shut it off. And then she continued to ask for more videos of babies being born, more babies, more babies. (laughs) So we watched several Instagram videos of babies being born. She was captivated and was so excited when the baby would come out. She would say, there's the baby, comes out of the mommy. I was so struck by her fascination and wonder. And I wanted to share that because she hasn't been taught to fear this beautiful thing yet. She just knows that's a baby. It's coming out of the mommy. She's not afraid. So I think it's interesting that we've been conditioned in that way. Another question, why aren't we talking to young women about birth when we teach them about puberty and about their fertility? Though as a society, we generally do a terrible job of teaching young women about their fertility at all, and instead just teach them how to avoid pregnancy, which 
it's not a very holistic approach. So maybe that's step one. We got to teach about fertility and then we can talk about birth. We live in a culture obsessed with the human body, mostly in ways completely contrary to God's design for our bodies. And yet we are afraid to talk about one of the most amazing things the human body does, which is to grow another human being and give birth to that human being. The intricacies of birth are mind-blowing. The strength required by women to give birth is awe-inspiring. But no, no, we don't engage with this information. Instead, we medicalize something God designed and have told women they cannot, in fact, do what they were designed to do. It's infuriating. <laughs> I feel heated just talking about this. Like I literally sweat a little bit while, while writing this episode. I haven't even gotten to the meat of the show yet, so that's why I told you to buckle your seatbelts. There are many things in the birth space I'd like to talk about, but I wanted my first episode on this topic to be one of encouragement. I want to encourage women in birth because I feel immense sadness and anger at how women are disempowered, traumatized, like actually traumatized, not the overused version of that word in our, in our culture. No, like they are legitimately traumatized and they're made to feel afraid of giving birth. These beautiful and powerful gifts of fertility, pregnancy, birth, and motherhood have been rejected and demonized by our culture in more ways than I can possibly get into. So I want to begin with encouragement. And that's why this week, I am sharing four things I want women to know about birth. Before I share my list, I feel it necessary to put a little disclaimer in here. I am not here to demonize the entire medical system. I am not here to say that medical intervention is never necessary and should be rejected. Praise God for modern medicine and medical technology and all of the lives that have been saved because of it. I am not here to claim I know everything about birth. I am not here to belittle any woman's birth experience by sharing this information. My insights will not cover every person's experience with fertility, birth, and motherhood, especially those birth situations where life-saving intervention was needed. Again, Praise God for that technology. I am here to offer a perspective you may not have considered. I'm going to invite you to think about God's design becoming heavily medicalized and how that evolution has impacted women and babies. I am here to encourage women in a space they have been disempowered in. I am here to share my perspective on birth the knowledge I've gained from my own experience, my research, and stories from women I know and love. I am not a medical professional. I am not giving medical advice. I am speaking to the hearts of women. Okay, disclaimer presented. On with the show. <laughs> the first thing I want women to know. You are literally made to do this. Women have been given the enormous gift of bearing life. We have been told by our culture that pregnancy, birth, and motherhood are burdens that are forced upon women by a patriarchal society that wants to control and oppress them. 
how sad this perspective is. This narrative just drives me nuts. But that's what's happening. I mentor high school girls, and I will tell you that is the narrative they are receiving. God made man and woman in his image and likeness. He gave us each specific roles, roles that come with their own set of challenges and their own set of immense gifts. Women have been given the gift to bear life. And God gave us this gift and the equipment necessary to live it out. When I learned about the physiology of birth and how a woman's bones literally move to make way for the baby, my jaw was on the floor. Yes, I understood that like our organs shift when we're pregnant, but like when you are in labor, your pelvis is literally moving, like your bones are moving. It's crazy. It's crazy. And a baby works its way through the birth canal with a specific set of twists and turns designed so that he or she can safely exit the mother's body. The physiology of birth is astounding. I am just, I am blown away. I'm blown away by God's perfect design for this miraculous act. Does physiological birth always unfold this simply? No. Please refer to my disclaimer about not being able to tell every woman's story. But the data on physiological birth is abundantly clear. Far more often than not, when we allow birth to unfold as God designed it, that is, without a lot of intervention, we will see that women's bodies are literally made to do this. Interventions beget interventions, which means that when you get a, your first intervention, it's your chances of more interventions increase exponentially. So when we leave birth alone, when we reduce the amount of inter- interventions given to women, it is more likely that a woman's body is going to do exactly what it was designed to do. We, as women, have been convinced in our medicalized Western world that we can't do this, that we can't give birth without all the interventions offered to us. I find it like hilarious and awful that we have been disempowered by a culture that shouts female empowerment from the rooftops. It's like, you can be empowered in all these ways, but you can't actually do what you were made to do. We're going to help you with that. This is, it's so hypocritical. It's maddening. So I want these words to be louder than the fear and disempowerment you've been spoon-fed in every movie, TV show, book, and conversation you've overheard about birth. Those words are, you are literally made to do this. The second thing I want women to know is that knowledge is your greatest power. When I was pregnant, Stephen and I took a life-changing online birth course called Built to Birth from birth educator Bridget Tyler. I will link to her course and her YouTube channel in the show notes. We recommend this course to all of our pregnant friends and tell the husbands they also need to watch because when I say life-changing, I mean it. I mean it. I think her course is part of the reason I feel so strongly about birth the way that I do. Stephen, my very steady, like lowly opinionated husband has also become very opinionated on birth after taking this course and journeying with me through our home birth. In her course, one of Bridget's catchphrases, I guess that's what I'll call it, one of her catchphrases is, the more you know, the less you fear. And I stand by that. One of the main reasons women fear birth is that they don't actually know what's going on other than the fact that a baby comes out at the end. And if they don't know what's going on, 
they are completely reliant on their birth team, which could be fine if you happen to end up with a great labor and delivery nurse, or it could be terrible if you get the doctor that pressures you into a C-section simply because it's more efficient. You don't think that that happens. It happens all the time. The U.S. C-section rate is 33%. That means one in three women giving birth in the U.S. are having a C-section. The WHO, the World Health Organization, their safe C-section rate for a country is 8 to 10%. Okay, keep those statistics in mind as we're talking about this. So if you don't know what's going on, you are completely reliant on the people that are surrounding you. And they may have your best interests at heart and they may not. So you should have your best interests at heart by pursuing knowledge. Women deserve better than to be just completely reliant on their birth team. You deserve better than that. You deserve to understand what is happening while you're in labor. But in order for you to understand, you have to pursue knowledge. This, this is honestly, this is the thing I care most about in the birth space is birth education. I want women to pursue knowledge. When I began learning about birth through YouTube videos and then eventually Bridget's course, intense anger <laughs> rose up in me. Why didn't I know any of this information prior to being pregnant? Why wasn't I taught any of this in health class or in marriage prep? I am tempted to list off all the things that shocked me in both good and bad ways while I learned about the physiology of birth, but I will hold my tongue. I will hold my tongue because I'm here to encourage. So here is my encouragement with knowledge or my, my few tips about this. Find one or two reliable birth education sources and invest time and energy into learning about birth and postpartum. I truly cannot recommend Bridget Tyler's course enough. If you are overwhelmed at the prospect of trying to do your own research, just take her course. It will be very impactful. The second thing, ask that your husband take the course with you. Um, it took both of you to get pregnant in the first place, and it's important that he continues this journey with you. He will also feel better during your birth if he understands what's happening. Learn about all the pros and cons of the interventions available to you. Bridget covers this extensively in her course. You should understand the risks associated with birth and with birth interventions without dwelling on those risks and entering into a place of fear. I feel like Bridget does a really nice job of saying like, these are the risks, these are the benefits, now you can make an informed decision. She's not trying to scare anybody. She's just giving you the information so that you, you should have that information without entering into a place of fear. Understand the reality of birth and how things can unfold, both going perfectly well and maybe not so well, but do so from a place of pursuing knowledge and understanding, not just trying to find the worst scenarios possible. Don't listen to bad, scary birth stories while you're pregnant. It's just, it's not helpful for anybody. You need to understand what can happen, but you need to do it from a place of desiring to understand better, not a place of fear. Pursue knowledge that supports the first thing we talked about today, that you are literally made to do this. If you find yourself investing in sources that are discouraging and disempowering, leave them on the curb and walk away. When you pursue knowledge you'll begin to discover the third thing I want women to know about birth. And that is you have options. 
because of birth, of how birth is portrayed in the media, we've all grown up with the same, you know, kind of images of it. We often think that there is one way to give birth on your back in a hospital bed under fluorescent lights, surrounded by people in scrubs. Okay. I'm here to tell you that's not your only option. You have options. People sometimes ask me if I'm an advocate for home birth because I had a home birth. In many ways, I suppose I am. But more importantly, I'm an advocate for women having the knowledge to make the best decisions they can for themselves and their babies. For some women, the pursuit of knowledge will lead them to choose a home birth. For others, it will lead them to choose a hospital birth with an epidural. Neither of these things is right or wrong or better than the other. To me, it's most important that women have the knowledge to make their own decisions instead of letting birth happen to them or thinking that a birth we see in the movies is just the way it is or the way it has to be. Within the birth space, there are many options in terms of location and care. We are so blessed today to have all these options available to us. You could do a home birth with a midwife. You could do a birth center with a midwife. You could choose a birth center attached to a hospital. You could do a hospital birth with a midwife. You could do a hospital birth with an OB. You could do a free birth if you're feeling a little wild. Not really crazy about that one because that means you don't have any care team, but that is an option. That's an option. (laughs) And even within this space of like the midwifery space, right? There are different kinds of midwives with different certifications. Not all home birth midwives are great and not all OBs are bad. Sometimes in the natural, like, uh, you know, I don't like to call it natural. In the unmedicated birth space, I think sometimes it's like all OBs are painted as bad. And it's like, no, that's not true. There are great OBs and there are bad midwives, okay? There are options available to women and you can choose where and how you'd like to give birth. I have friends that took the same birth course that I took and chose a completely different birth experience. Okay, good for them. That's fine. They educated themselves and they made an informed decision on where they felt safest. I remember talking to a friend about it and I was like, cause she, was, she took the course and I said, oh, do you, you know, do you have any, any interest in home birth? And she was like, no, I actually, I feel safest at the hospital. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I felt safest at home. I did not want to be in the hospital. And you know what? We both had different experiences and we chose what we wanted because we have options. Even within your birth setting, wherever you give birth, you have options there. You can refuse anything during birth, which many women don't know. You can labor in different positions. You can choose to not have ongoing monitoring monitoring the entire time, which means you wouldn't be hooked up to anything so you could move freely. You can, you can tell like hospital staff, no, I don't want to be hooked up. You can choose a water birth. You can choose what you wear because no, you do not have to wear a hospital gown. You have so many choices. I encourage you to educate yourself on your choices and then make informed decisions about what you want, especially when it comes to your care provider. If you're really unhappy with your OB or your midwife, find a different one. Is it annoying to do so? Maybe a little time consuming? Probably. But your birth experience and the postpartum that follows, and honestly, your experience of motherhood as it begins, will largely depend on the care you receive. You should be spending your postpartum season bonding with your baby, resting, and learning how to be a mother. Even if it's your second or third baby, you've never mothered this baby, so you're learning how to be a mother again. 
That's how you should be spending postpartum. You should not be spending postpartum processing trauma you experienced due to unsupportive care providers, unnecessary intervention, and preventable aspects of your birth experience. You deserve to prioritize finding the right care provider that will support you and make you feel safe, seen, and listened to. This feels like the perfect segue to the fourth thing I want to share, which is this. Your birth is about you and your baby. It is not about your care provider. It is not about your medical team. It is about you and your baby. There's a birth podcast I enjoy listening to called Down to Birth. I'll link to that in the show notes. And they have mentioned the same phrase several times on their show that I love. Your rights trump hospital policy. Woohoo, that's a little fiery. <laughs> Remember that your rights trump hospital policy. You can refuse anything and everything in your birth space. If you're hungry, eat. If you're thirsty, drink. Frankly, as much as we know about the human body and like the fact that birth is the hardest work a woman will ever do, and we're like, I'm sorry, you can't fuel your body. It's ridiculous, okay? If you want the sandwich, eat it. Okay? And you may not want to eat in labor and that's fine, but if you are hungry, oh my gosh, eat. If you want to be free to move around and not be hooked up to things, you can do that. Move around. Someone on staff may claim it's less convenient for them if you're not hooked up to a monitor. Well, sorry, it's not about their convenience. It's about you being able to labor in a way that feels most natural and supportive for your body. Same goes with laying on your back. Laying on your back is the most ridiculous thing because it it literally is like making gravity work against you. Do you know who it's convenient for when women are laboring on their back? The doctor to see what's happening. Well, I'm sorry, that's not natural. Most women do not want to give birth on their back. And you know what? This birth is about you and your baby, not about the doctor. If you would rather wear your own clothes because they're more comfortable, you can refuse a hospital gown. You can also be naked. Did you know that? <laughs> Just putting that out there. Some women are like, I don't want any clothes on when I'm in labor. Gay, you get to choose that. I hope and pray that every woman has a care team during birth that makes her feel supported and safe. But this is not always the case. Many of my friends have shared that one mean nurse made it difficult to progress in birth or that they were so hungry and weak from the exhaustion of labor, but they were refused food. This is insanity. Hear me when I say, you do not work for the hospital. You do not work for your midwife. You have chosen them, essentially hired them as your care team. You're paying them. And you, because you've pursued knowledge, and learned about your options can make informed decisions in your birth space. Now, once again, I am not talking about emergency situations, okay? But I will say, a lot of times there are interventions offered and you, as the woman in, in labor, can ask the question, is this urgent? Is this an emergency? Am I safe? Is my baby safe? Okay, if the answer to all of those questions is, yes, everyone's safe and no, it's not urgent and no, there's not an emergency, then you are still the one in control of what is happening. Okay. So when we talk about informed decisions that you are making, I'm not talking about like intense and emergency situations. I am talking about the vast majority of births where women are in no danger and in no rush and simply need the time, the space, and the support to allow birth to unfold as God designed it. 
Okay, you can probably tell that I get a little bit fired up about this topic. And I've tried to figure out why this topic in particular just makes me so like fiery and angry and frustrated. And I think I think it's because I view our modern Western medicalized approach to birth as so counter to God's original plan. So I see an opportunity for women to reclaim God's design for who they're made to be. When we learn about who we are as God's beloved daughters and the goodness of our bodies, we become more ourselves. We can proudly proclaim the truth, beauty, and goodness of our femininity. We can step into the fullness of who we are. Women designed by a loving father to be life bearers. He gave us the power to co-create with him. That makes me emotional. Think about that. He gave us the power to co-create with him. And we should be honored that he entrusted us with this gift and respond to that gift by doing everything we can to uphold it in its fullness. Femininity, fertility, birth, motherhood. What wild, miraculous gifts we have been given. What will we do with them? Will we shut them off, shut them down out of fear? Or will we open wide our hearts and minds and bodies to learn more so that we can love better? I really hope we choose that second option. While writing this episode, I found it very difficult to pull in the reins on all the things I wanted to talk about, but I want to tread carefully with this topic because I know it can be sensitive. And I also know that my perspective is counter to most of our cultural messaging. So since it's new information or a new perspective to a lot of people, I don't want to inundate people with too many opinions or too much information at once. I'd love to share more of my own birth experience and perhaps share how I decided on a home birth. God brought me to that decision in beautiful and unexpected ways. Like it's kind of a strange little journey. So if you'd like to hear that story, let me know. I would be happy to share. I'm also going to link to some of my favorite resources in the show notes. I desire for women to have access to the information they need to have the best birth experience possible, no matter how it unfolds or no matter what the decisions are that they make. That's what I said. Remember my, my biggest, I guess my strongest opinion is that women should have access to information and should pursue the knowledge they need to, to be informed. I hope this episode has been at the very least interesting, (laughs) maybe encouraging. I really do want to encourage women because I believe in us. I believe in us and I believe in the gifts that God has bestowed upon us. Okay, I'm going to shift now to sharing my something beautiful. Uh, My something beautiful this week is a musician I love named Cody Fry. I would describe his music as um, like symphonic pop music. So a few weeks ago, uh, my sister, my brother-in-law, and I, we took my dad to see Cody Fry with the Indianapolis Symphony for his birthday. He'd never heard of him. And we were like, Dad, we're taking you to this concert for your birthday. You don't know him. You're going to love him. We promise. We were totally right. Okay. (laughs) He loved him. The concert was amazing. Cody Fry writes these insane orchestral arrangements for his pop music, and the music is just stunning. It's like he's, he's like, he's a poet, he's a pianist, a guitarist, a great singer, orchestrator. I mean, he's kind of got it all. 
my favorite car my current favorite song is called what if so i will link to his music on spotify in the show notes but if you don't use spotify just look him up on whatever platform you use oh thanks for hanging with me in this fiery episode i hope you can enjoy some of cody fry's music and i hope you have a lovely week thank you for joining me for another episode of becoming beauty i hope today's episode blessed you There are a few simple things you can do to share the message you heard today. One, share this episode with a friend who needs it. Two, share this episode on social media. Three, leave a rating and a review so more people can find this podcast. I would so appreciate your help getting this podcast into the ears, hearts, and minds of more people. Have a lovely week.